0: From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothras, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Romans 12, 13. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, a very good morning to all of you. It's great to be gathered together. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Bijan, pastor for our church, and really excited to be looking at these passages today. Let's pray, and then we'll get right to work. Our God, thank you for gathering us in this beautiful space on this beautiful day to learn more about you and to experience you. And so right now we ask for the power of your spirit to move in such a way that Jesus would be clear and glorified and his love would be powerful in our hearts and in this place. We ask all this together, praying in Jesus' name. Amen. Here in Acts 16, we read about the conversion of Lydia. Paul and his missionary team was in the city of Philippi. They preach the gospel and Lydia becomes a Christian. She believes in Jesus. The text says she's baptized, and then if you look in verse 15, the very first thing that Lydia does as a Christian, her first act, is to practice hospitality. She says to Paul and his team, come and stay at my house, and she welcomes them in to her home. The first thing she does is practice hospitality. The Lord opened her heart, and she opened her home. Now, Many months later, the Apostle Paul was writing the book of Romans. That's the second passage that we read today. And just a few months after, as Paul's writing the book of Romans, he says to the church, practice hospitality. And I'm convinced that as Paul was saying to the church in Rome, be a hospitable community, he was remembering the very hospitality that he received when he stayed at Lydia's home. And that's what we're going to talk about today the practice of hospitality as a Christian and spiritual discipline. Now, we've been going through the book of Acts, and each week we've been asking the question, what makes a church alive? And today what we're going to see is a church alive is a hospitable community. A church alive, a church that's living for God's glory and the good of their city, is a church that regularly welcomes people in and creates spaces of belonging. Christine Pohl, who has an excellent book on the practice of hospitality. I'm actually gonna come back to it a few times this morning. In her book on hospitality, she says this, welcome is one of the signs that a community is alive. To invite others into our lives is a sign that we are not afraid, that we have a treasure of truth and of peace to share. In hospitality, we respond to the welcome that God has offered to us, and we replicate that into the world. That's what we can be. That's what Lydia was, a person who reflected God's own welcome and shared that with the people around her. And so that's what we're gonna talk about today, the practice of hospitality. And to guide us, I wanna use the following three headings. First, we're gonna see the power of hospitality, Then second, we're going to talk about the practice of hospitality. And then third and finally, we'll talk about how hospitality is possible, how we can become a community of welcome. So the power, the practice, and what makes it possible. First, the power. What is the power of hospitality? Now, at this point, I should say that for many modern Western people, and I put myself in that camp, when you hear the word hospitality, you might immediately think of the hospitality industry. So you think of hotels and you think of restaurants. And actually, that's a good start because the practice of hospitality is about creating places of safety for people to stay. It is about providing food and drink that nourishes people. But actually, when you look at the Bible, and frankly, if you're from part of the world that isn't Western, Hospitality is not just an industry, hospitality is a way of life. It's not just something you do, it's what you are. It's a posture of the heart more than it is a set of activities. And we actually know that because when we read Romans 12, 13, and Paul says, practice hospitality, that word hospitality, it's this really fascinating Greek word. It comes from two words that are combined together. The Greek word is philoxenia. And it literally means to love strangers. And in ancient times, the practice of hospitality was just that. It was an activity of loving strangers. So go back in your mind to the first century. If you were traveling from one place to another, especially if where you were going was far away, that would often mean that you would find yourself going through towns or villages that you had never been to before. And so you'd get there, the sun would be setting, it wouldn't be safe to continue that night. And so you'd be there in the town square and there are no inns or if there are any, they're very expensive. And so as a traveler, you were completely dependent on hospitality. You were completely dependent on someone in the community seeing you in need and saying, come and stay in my home and come and sit at my table. And that literally was hospitality. A stranger shows up into your town and you love them practically and tangibly by bringing them into your space. That's where the word, that's where the practice of hospitality comes from. But you know, as you read the Bible carefully, you realize that yes, hospitality is this incredibly practical thing, but throughout the Bible, it also has a kind of symbolic function. Because the truth is, we all, every human being, is like a traveler wandering through a place they've never been. The Bible says that actually all of us are strangers. We're all wandering, weary and tired, and looking for a place to belong. We're looking for a place to be safe and to be seen and to be accepted. To be a human being is to carry around this incredibly deep desire to be home. To be human is to experience homesickness. And of course it is. If you know the story of the Bible at all, you know that at the very beginning in the book of Genesis, God created humanity, Adam and Eve, and he put them in the Garden of Eden. And that was home. What is home? Home is the place and the people with which you feel safe. Home is the place where everything fits you, where you belong. And God, when he made the world, he gave humanity home. He gave them a paradise. And he said, all the food you see, it's yours to eat. You're safe with each other. And most of all, they had the perfect presence of God with them. And they enjoyed it. They were home. They were safe in their own skin. They belonged. But then what happened? Adam and Eve, as they rebelled against God, as sin came into the world, sin being this deep selfishness, that says, I want to do things my way rather than God's way. When sin came into the world, what happened? Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden. They lost home and they were sent into exile. Exile is that sense of we've been displaced. We're not home. Things are not as it should be. And since that day, all the way back in the book of Genesis, the story of humanity has been a story of exile and longing for home. Now, what's the practice of hospitality? What's the power of hospitality? It's a practical way that you can communicate welcome. It's a way that you can say to people who are tired and weary, and they don't feel like they fit, and they don't feel like they belong, there's place for you here. We see you, and you're safe, and you're valued, and we love you. You belong here. That's the power of hospitality. Not just practically and physically meeting needs, but communicating spiritual welcome and addressing those deep aches and brokenness that people are carrying around. That's the power of hospitality. It's incredibly powerful. It's much more than providing a place to stay and some food. It's creating a sense of family. That's the power of hospitality. Now, I wanna now transition and get practical and talk about the practice of hospitality. And so this is the part of the sermon where I'm gonna to try to get onto the ground level and say, if we're gonna be a church in London that's hospitable, what, where are we gonna start? How is this gonna look like? Let me also say that I come to this sermon and this part of the sermon today as a learner. This is an area where I have a lot of growing to do, being a hospitable person. And so I'm learning with you and I hope that we can help each other grow as a community. But what I wanna do is I wanna give you four ideas, four things to think about that'll help us grow in the practice of hospitality, and then at the end say something about where to start. So four quick ideas. First, let me define what hospitality is. It's hard to define because again, it's more a posture of the heart, but if you pressed me and I had to give a definition, here's what I'd say. Hospitality is welcoming people into the space of your life as a sign of God's own gracious welcome of you. That's what hospitality is, welcoming people into the spaces of your life, doing so as a reflection of how God has welcomed you. So four ideas on what that can look like and where it starts. So first, look at your own heart. Look at your own heart. For many of us, myself included, hospitality can be hard because it takes a lot of time and it can be very interrupting sometimes it can feel like an imposition. And so for many of us, the practice of hospitality is tough because it interrupts our schedule. It creates a sense of, uh, you know, oh man, I don't have time for this. or I don't have the resources for this. So the first thing we have to do if we're going to grow in hospitality is look at our own hearts and ask God to help us see other human beings, not as burdens, but as gifts, whose sheer presence in our life is a gift from God himself. So the first thing to do today is examine our hearts and say, God, help me to see people as a gift and not a burden. Second, be hospitable in the ways that you can. When I preach a sermon like this, and when I've talked to people about hospitality, especially in a place like London, people will often say something like, look, I wish that I could be hospitable, but I have nothing to be hospitable with. I have very little space. I have tons of roommates and we have very high rents in London. We have nowhere to host people. We have nothing to be hospitable with. I'm just trying to make ends meet. And so the word for all of us is be hospitable in the ways that you can. Lydia was very wealthy. The passage that we read, the texts tell us she was a dealer in purple cloth. That is, she worked in the high-end fashion industry of the first century. And she was actually a uniquely successful businesswoman. So she was able to say, as Paul and his team were there needing a place to stay, she could say, come and stay at my house. But many of us couldn't do that. We don't have the space for that. So the lesson is not only the wealthy can be hospitable. The lesson is be hospitable in the ways that you can. Because remember, hospitality isn't about what you give. It's about a posture of the heart. It's a posture that says, how can I share whatever I have? How can I be open with whatever God has given me, even if it's very little? And use that to create a sense of welcome. That's part of practicing hospitality, it's this posture of the heart. So however you can, recognizing that people have different degrees of resources, but being hospitable means start by doing what you can. Third thing to say, and this follows up from that second point, is if we're gonna be hospitable in London, we have to learn how to take advantage of third spaces. London is filled with beautiful third spaces. What's a third space? There's a place that you live, and then there's a place that you work. Now, let's be honest, for many of us now post-COVID, that's the same place. But those are your first and second places, the place you live and the place you work. What's a third space? Third spaces are the places in the city where you play, where you enjoy, where you do things that are life-giving, They're the parks and the restaurants and the pubs and the gyms and the things that you do to go get life. The things that are your hobbies and your passions, the things that restore your soul. Those are your third spaces. And don't you know, those are the places for hospitality. You say, I could never fit anyone in my flat even for a meal. Fine, where's your third space? Invite somebody to join you for coffee in your favorite walk. Bring someone to a restaurant that you love and are really familiar with. Invite people into those beautiful third spaces that are in abundance in this city and share hospitality in that way. Just this week, my wife and I were taken out to dinner by a leader in our church who has a restaurant, a cuisine that he loves, and he knows the owners, and he knows the people, and he said, this is like an extension of my living room. And we were able to be there and to receive and enjoy hospitality in a third space. My wife and I have often said to people, Yeah, every Saturday morning we go to our nearby market, come and meet us if you want, and then we'll sit in a park and have a picnic. That's easy, relatively speaking. It's come into the third spaces of our life and let's be together and share life. You see, these are ways that we can creatively pursue using our great city to create senses of welcome and hospitality. So take advantage of those great third spaces. Fourth thing to mention, as we think about growing in hospitality, don't be ignorant of challenges. Practicing hospitality can be tough. For some, the idea of welcoming others can be really intimidating because you wonder, is it going to be safe? Am I going to be taken advantage of? For others, the idea of hospitality is hard because you feel like you struggle managing your boundaries. You feel like you're always giving, always serving, always welcoming, and then you burn out. And you say, I just, I have no, I'm losing my own sense of self. So practicing hospitality can be a challenge and we should not be ignorant of those challenges. I mentioned earlier Christine Pohl. She says this, we cannot separate the goodness and the beauty of hospitality from its difficulty. In a paradoxical way, hospitality is simultaneously mundane and sturdy, mysterious, and fragile. Certain tensions internal to hospitality make it fragile, vulnerable to distortion and misuse. So there are challenges. How do we face them? A Couple quick ideas. First, be discerning. As you welcome others, as you get to know people and create a sense of welcome, be discerning, be safe. If something feels off to you, chances are, it probably is. So be discerning. Second, get help. As a church, we're meant to be a community of hospitality. And if you're wanting to be more hospitable, you don't know where to start, ask for help. Talk to a leader in the church, get feedback, get advice, talk about your situation, and let's learn and grow together. And then third thing I'd mention about addressing challenges, don't forget to practice hospitality alongside other spiritual disciplines. In other words, for example, Sabbath and resting needs to be part of your life if you're gonna be someone who's hosting and giving. We have to practice these things together and so experience renewal and grace in God even as we give and serve. So those challenges are real, but there are great resources and a community of faith that can help us navigate them wisely and with really intelligent spiritual rhythms. Now, the last thing to say before we come to the very end of our sermon is this. Where do you start? If you want to be a person that says, okay, I want to practice hospitality, where do I begin? A couple quick ideas. First, look at your life and ask the question, do you have any space to receive hospitality? This is the area where I've been most convicted in preparing today's sermon. Because whenever I think about something like hospitality, my mind immediately goes to, how do I give? What do I have to do? I'm a doer. But actually, the first thing that we all need to wrestle with is, are there any spaces in your life where you're receiving hospitality? If we're going to be a community that's hospitable, it means we have to receive as much as we give. But you know, receiving, at least for me, is often harder. Because in receiving, you make yourself kind of vulnerable. You lose a little bit of control. You put yourself in someone else's space, whether that's physical or even emotional and you receive from them. But actually, when you read the Bible, you see some of the greatest actions of hospitality are not just those who give, but those who receive. Here's the Apostle Paul, Acts 16. The great apostle, he writes the Bible, and he makes himself vulnerable to the hospitality of Lydia. Do you remember that great story in John chapter four? The Lord Jesus Christ, the King of heaven, is sitting at a well. And a woman from Samaria comes by in the middle of the day. She's a woman who's kind of an outcast in her society. She's a person that people wouldn't really associate with. And Jesus Christ, as he's sitting there, Jesus, the one who made every river in the world, says to the woman, would you please give me something to drink? And he makes himself vulnerable to the hospitality of this woman at the well, and he receives from her. And in so doing, communicates, I see you. I can receive from you. You matter. It's an important thing not just to give, but to receive. So do you have space in your life to receive hospitality? Second, really practically, not just thinking about receiving, but also share food and drink. If you don't know where to start and you're saying, I want to be more hospitable, share food and drink. The table is the main setting for hospitality. There's a reason why it was Jesus' favorite place for pastoral ministry. When you share meals, when you sit at the table, there's a sense of oneness in family. And then third, give somebody your full attention. Ask a question and then actually listen for the answer. Remember that the person in front of you is much more important than whatever is popping up on your phone. The practice of hospitality means really giving someone your full self. So that's where we can start, looking at how we receive, sharing food and drink, and giving people our full attention. But that leads us now finally to ask, well, how will hospitality be possible? I, as I've been thinking about this sermon, have been really convicted. And many of you I know are so gifted in hospitality. I've experienced that. But the question for all of us is, how can we grow and be sustained as a group of people, as a church, that is a hospitable community here in the city? And here's the answer. The only way that we are going to show hospitality is if we first realize that we've been shown hospitality. Only when we remember that we were strangers and God welcomed us in, that God in Jesus Christ brought us home. You see it here in the passage in Acts 16. We already talked about it, but let me come back and unfold it a bit more. Acts 16, verse 14, Paul preaches... And the text says, the Lord opened Lydia's heart to respond to Paul's message. Now, it's easy to read by that quickly. But do you know what the author Luke is saying? Lydia's salvation was all of grace. She didn't earn it. She didn't deserve it. She didn't make it happen. It was God's gift to her. She was brought into God's family. She was given a place at God's table because of God's gracious work towards her. And then what does Lydia do? How do you respond to that kind of grace? Well, she shares it with others. And she says to Paul and his team, come stay at my house. The way you respond to grace is by sharing it. When God opens Lydia's heart, all she can do is open her home and say, let me share the welcome that I've received in the Father. And that's why Paul, in Romans 15, in a verse that perfectly highlights the gospel logic of hospitality. Paul in Romans 15 puts it this way. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. That's the whole thing. Welcome others, how? The same way God in Christ has welcomed you. Graciously, freely, he brought you into his family. Jesus in John 14, as he was talking to his disciples the night before his death, remembering that the whole story of humanity is a story of longing for home, of longing for a table to sit at, of longing for a place to belong. Jesus in John 14, hours away from dying on the cross, said this to his friends. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Some of you need to hear that today, not just as words spoken long ago, but as words spoken to you right now. That the Lord Jesus says, there's a place for you. The bed is made, the light is on, the table is set, and you are safe. You belong here. I see you. I value you. You're part of the family. That is what Jesus himself says to his people. That's what he said in John 14. And you say, well, how can I know? How can I be sure that there's a place for me? How can I be sure that I won't be rejected, that I I will be accepted and brought in? Because Jesus was forsaken. Because hours after Jesus said this, Jesus went to the cross. And on the cross, Jesus himself cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus, the the host of heaven, lost the Father's welcome. He was cast out so you could be brought in. Jesus lost the Father's welcome so you could be brought home. You see, on the cross, Jesus was treated like he did all the things that you ever did so that you could be treated as though you lived the life he lived. He died in your place. He died to bring you into the family of God so you could sit at God's table and you could have brothers and sisters. Jesus' death brought us home. And when that truth is at the center of your soul, what begins to happen is we become a community that can practice hospitality. We become a community that can love others because of the way that God has loved us and welcomed us in. So the application for today's sermon, sure, at one level, let's go and be hospitable. But at a much more profound level, the application for today's sermon is run to Jesus Christ. And see the welcome that you've received in him. See him saying, no matter how tired and weary and broken and filled with shame you might be, there is a seat for you at my table and you're safe. And when that welcome gets into the center of your heart, you know what you do? You share it with others. You can't help it. So let's be a community that runs to Jesus and experiences his welcome and then shares that welcome with our city. Close by reading again the quote that we began with. Let's pray this as we hear it and then come to our time of response. Welcome is one of the signs that a community is alive. To invite others into our lives is a sign that we are not afraid that we have a treasure of truth and of peace to share. In hospitality, we respond to the welcome that God has offered to us and we replicate that welcome in the world. May God help us to be just such a church. Let's pray. Our God, help us to be a church in this city that replicates your welcome, that says to others, just as Jesus has said to us, you are seen, you are safe, you are loved, and you belong. Oh God, right now, may we so encounter Jesus Christ as we sing and as we respond that we feel his welcome, that we experience his healing, that we experience now a sense of home, a sense of belonging, and help us to be a church that lives out that welcome in London for your glory and for the good of this great city. We pray all this together, doing so in Jesus' name. Amen.